things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Racial discrimination in the National Football League. Assault allegations in the National Basketball Association. Damn, the plot just keeps on thickening, doesn't it? Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It no longer will be coming to you live at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Instead, it'll probably be posted after the 5 o'clock hour or so uh, because I'm taping around that time rather than going live because there were too many technical glitches and I didn't want to impede the ability for y'all to see a podcast that was fluid and obviously up to snuff. So I want to make sure that everybody understood that. Again, we still are going to be on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the most part, with the exception of when I got to make a road trip from here and there. You know, I got to travel sometimes uh, to work for my day job. But nevertheless, every Monday and Wednesday and Friday will be the norm and we'll be on in the afternoon and all likelihood posted at around 5 p.m. as opposed to 4 p.m. And obviously your phone calls will still be included as well. But I'm here coming at you from my studios, thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, um, I'm over 303,000 subscribers, uh, just gaining more than 1,000 to 1,500 subscribers per day. Can't thank y'all enough for the love and support. And all I will ask is that you keep coming. You keep it coming, I'm going to keep on coming. Please continue to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube, but click the bell to get notified for all of our new content. And by the way, while you're at that, be sure to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. It's been on shelves since January. Uh, it is a New York Times bestseller, which is the creme de la creme in the book industry. Uh, you become a New York Times bestseller. That is for life. So for life, I am a New York Times bestseller. Again, I couldn't do it without y'all. So thank you so much. I love to take calls. Uh, and that's why I established a phone line because you can call into the show. Um, I'll be posting on social media. The number to dial up is 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. Let's get to a couple of topics and let's just get it. Let's just tackle it with the fervor that it deserves. There is a former reporter for ESPN covering the, NB the NFL. Uh, for five for the five previous years until a few months ago, he was working for the NFL Network. His name was Mr. Jim Trotter. Uh, he's now a former NFL Network reporter uh, because in the spring, his contract was not renewed by the NFL Network. Um, and as a result, in the aftermath of all of that, he has filed a lawsuit against the National Football League and the National Football League media, which is basically the NFL network, for racial discrimination. Um, before I even go any further, let me say to everybody that although I don't know, I don't know Jim Trotter that well on a personal level, let me tell you what I do know about him. I know that he is an outstanding NFL reporter. I also know that he is a man of high, high integrity. Um, if he says something, he believes it. Whatever level of proof he may have, that's for him to reveal. But I do know that he is a man of high integrity. He is universally respected as a reporter in this business. He is somebody um, that has a, a pretty damn impeccable reputation as a reporter. Um, and obviously, he is not afraid to speak his mind. Uh, but if we're being honest, one could easily surmise uh, that that is what got him 
into this situation, his lack of reluctance nor he or hesitancy to speak his mind, to reflect on what transpired with Jim Trotter before I express my opinion to you. Let me first say that in 2022, at Super Bowl week, uh, media day uh, for Roger Goodell, um, press conference rather, for Roger Goodell, uh, before the Super Bowl in February of 2022, and then again in February of 2023, Jim Trotter addressed Roger Goodell on both occasions regarding uh, the lack of minorities, specifically black, in decision-making positions for the NFL network. Here was Trotter's first, first, first jab at Roger Goodell in February of 2022 leading into the Super Bowl. When we look at the league office of the top 11 executives there, there are only two people of color. When we look at the NFL media group where I work, there is not one black person at the senior level in the newsroom um, who makes decisions about a league whose player population is 70% black. Why does the NFL and its owners have such a difficult time at the highest levels hiring black people into decision-making positions? If I had the answer right now, I would give it to you. I would have implemented. Uh, I think what we have to do is just continue and find and look and step back and say, we're not doing a good enough job here. And we are the ones that have to make sure we bring diversity deeper into our NFL and make the NFL an, an inclusive um, and perverse organization that allows everyone the opportunity to be successful. That was Jim Trotter in February of 2022. Before I get all into this, and you know I will, a year later, Jim Trotter, reporter for the NFL Network, keep that in mind, addresses Roger Goodell at Roger Goodell's press conference for the second consecutive year. Listen to what he says here. Ask you about these things last year, and what you told me is that the league had fallen short. And you were going to review all of your policies and practices to try and improve this, and yet a year later, nothing has changed. When are we in the newsroom going to have a black person in senior management, and when will we have a full-time black employee on the news desk? We did go back, and we have reviewed everything we've been doing across the league. And I'm not specific; do not know specifically about the media business. We'll check in again with our people, but I am comfortable that we made significantly progress across the league, and that includes in the media room. And so those are things that we'll continue to look at and hopefully make real progress to. I can't answer because I do not know specifically what those numbers are today. In the aftermath of that question to Roger Goodell, and in the days or actually weeks that followed, uh, Jim Trotter, according to his lawsuit, essentially was asked, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, forgive me, whether he was all in and whether his, you know, feelings were aligned with that of the NFL. And he said, no, not as long as, um, you know, blacks are still not being, or the paucity of black individuals in decision-making positions are not being addressed. Um, so because of that, his contract was not renewed once it had expired He's making the claim that it was expected to be renewed. Um, and to read uh, directly from a report here in the New York Times, it says, Jim Trotter, former reporter at the NFL Network, has sued the NFL and the league-owned cable channel for racial discrimination, claiming that his contract was not renewed be this year because he repeatedly spoke out about pro football's lack of diversity at the league office. Trotter, now a columnist for The Athletic, by the way, a sports website owned by the New York Times company said in a 53-page complaint filed in federal court in Manhattan that he was let go in retaliation for, among other things, publicly challenging Commissioner Raj Goodell on the league's commitment to diversity. According to a quote from Jim Trotter, it says the NFL has claimed it wants to be held accountable regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion. Trotter said in a statement, I tried to do so, and it cost me my job. That's what he said couple of things. We're going to have a conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen and I want you to listen good. There are some things I'm going to say today you ain't going to like. There's some things I'm about to say Jim Trotter damn sure ain't going to like. 
And I'm going to get into all of that as well. The NFL is not going to like some things that I have to say either. Okay? So I want everybody to listen. Because there's going to be accusations of selling out. There's going to be accusations of looking out. We're going to try to decipher the difference between the two. I'm not running from the damn conversation. I'm not running from it. But I'm going to educate folks. And all I'm going to ask you to do is this. Remember, please, that I've been in this business for 30 years. Sometimes it ain't about right and wrong. It's about what's sensible. It's about what's doable. It's about what, what's plausible. And it's about what's foolish. And so we're going to have that conversation right now. But before I do any of that, I want everybody to know that on first take, my day job, number one sports morning show in America for 12 years and counting, which I am the star of, the commissioner himself, Roger Goodell, was on. Not via phone, not via satellite, in person, in studio, right in front of my face. To his credit, he promised me he was coming on. To his credit, he said he was coming on. To his credit, even after the news broke yesterday, he reached out to me to say, I'm still coming on. And he came in the studio knowing that I wasn't going to ignore this issue. So this is yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, on First Take, on ESPN, this morning, asking Raj Goodell about this very, very issue. Listen up. Your response to these allegations that have been leveled against the National Football League? We dispute, obviously, his claims. Um, we will, he's brought this into a, a legal forum, and we'll deal with them in that legal forum. We feel strongly about the progress that we're making. Obviously, we're always going to try to get better. We're not satisfied where we are, but mm -hmm. we'll deal with those charges in, in the court of law if, if, if ever they're presented to us. Mm -hmm. People ask questions, and we do not editorialize with our, our, our NFL network personnel. Mm -hmm. They're allowed to ask questions like anybody else. My understanding is the contract was up. Yes. That's an important element to that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of changes are going on in our business, as mm -hmm. you know, from ESPN, yes. the NFL Network, we're all looking at that, and it, we're making lots of changes to our business. Let's get a couple of things out of the way first. Do I believe that Roger Goodell had absolutely positively nothing, whether it be directly or indirectly, to do with Jim Trotter not getting his contract uh, renewed? Of course I do. And here's the reason why. Because you're the commissioner and you have people working under you. And whether you say something or not, I happen to be in this business and know that you don't have to say anything directly when you're in that kind of position. There are people under you who are fearful for their own stature within the company that may have taken, taken liberties and assumed that if you're going to ask the commissioner those kind of questions, that might not be a comfortable position for us to be in. Therefore, we're going to make it an uncomfortable position for you to be in. I'm not in any way implying that Roger Goodell picked up the phone, reached downstairs, and did anything. I'm saying by virtue of his prowess hovering over the National Football League, do I believe that subordinates who were over Jim Trotter, that may have influenced their willingness to let him go? Hell yeah, I believe that. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Should it surprise any of us? Should it surprise any of us? I mean, can we grow the hell up? Can we grow up? Please. Jim Trotter is an exceptional NFL reporter. That's why he's at The Athletic now. Didn't take him long to find a damn job. He's too gifted. He's too skilled. He's too principled. We get it. But that doesn't mean that everything he does is what everyone should do. See, we're going to wake up and we're going to address this situation with the realness that it deserves. Jim Trotter, according to the lawsuit, is seeking to have a court-ordered monitor put in place to investigate and review NFL policies and implement necessary changes on its hiring. I am a black man, just like he is. I applaud Jim Trotter for taking a position like that. It's clearly principled. As a black man, why would I have a problem with that? By the way, one of the pictures that was seen earlier was him with my boy Steve Weish. 
a reporter for the NFL, an exceptional reporter for the NFL Network who's been in this business for years. He and I go back nearly 30 years. I love him like a brother. I've known him that long. Steve Weiss is one of the best human beings you could ever encounter on the planet. One of the most principled human beings you'll ever encounter. And any friend of his should be a friend of all of ours because that brother is special. Just like I say about Chris Broussard. Just like I say about Rob Parker. I don't give a damn that these people work at other networks. They're my boys. I don't know Jim Trotter like that. I don't have a personal relationship with Jim Trotter. I have a personal relationship with Galen Gordon, a former executive at the NFL Network who departed from there to ultimately come to ABC. He's the man that hired Jim Trotter from ESPN. It was his first hire. So to trust you me, there's connections here that far exceed the average person out there listening to what I'm about to say. But let's get down to the nitty gritty here. In the lawsuit, we've got Jerry Jones, an alleged quote from Jerry Jones in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing, the murder by Derek Chauvin, the, the cop in Minnesota that put a knee on his neck for over nine minutes. I think it was nine minutes and 28 seconds to be exact. And all, and all the roaring that took place thereafter because people all over the place, particularly black people, we are fed up. Enough is enough because metaphorically speaking, figuratively speaking, that knee on that black man named George Floyd's neck was indicative of how we have felt as black people in this nation forever. Always feeling the weight of a proverbial knee on our neck. Absolutely true. So when people were reacting and reacting emotionally and what have you and expressing themselves and really speaking out and white America was standing up with their hands up talking about, oh, my goodness, we, we, we hear you. We want to hear you. We want to understand. We want to listen. We want to make sure we get it because we understand how wrong and how awful and how egregious that was. We understand that in the midst of all of that, you have billionaires who own NFL teams that may have felt a different way. They may have had the temerity and the unmitigated goal to say something different. We know this. It's not a surprise. And sure enough, a quote from Jerry Jones, who I joke about, my buddy, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, quote, if blacks feel some kind of way, they should buy their own team and hire who they want to hire. I'm going to ask Jerry Jones if he said that. Next time I speak to him, next time I see him, I'm going to ask him that question. Because if he did, I'm going to tell him as a black man, I'm highly offended by that quote. It's very dismissive and insensitive. I wouldn't say racist, even though it connotates some kind of racial insensitivity. There is a difference. This is a quote Jerry Jones is alleged to have said. He has categorically denied it. Categorically denied it. Quote, you see it right there. Diversity and inclusion are extremely important to me personally and to the NFL the presentation made by Jim Trotter of a conversation that occurred over three years ago with myself and our VP of player personnel, Will McClay, is simply not accurate. That is what Jerry Jones has said. I don't give a damn what the quote says. When I see him, I'm going to ask him. Because I respect the man. I know I troll Cowboy fans. And I know I mess with it, but it's a love-hate relationship. There's nothing big. It's all in fun in sports. But on a serious note, I know. Many things that Jerry Jones has done for many black people. And I got love for Jerry Jones. But it, if he said that, we're going to have a conversation. Period. Because I certainly don't condone that. Terry Pagula, his alleged quote, the owner for the Buffalo Bills. You saw what he said, right? <clears throat> Allegedly, according to the lawsuit, if the black players don't like it here, they should go back to Africa and see how bad it is. Now, that's racist. That's some racist shit right there. And if he said something like that, I think that's grounds to treat him like the NBA treated Donald Sterling. I don't think Jerry Jones, quote, you should buy your own team and hire who they want to hire, is on the same level as go back to Africa and see how bad it is. I think that's two different things. That's me. But Terry Bagula, in fairness to him, his statement, the statement attributed to me and Mr. Trotter's complaint is absolutely false. I am horrified that anyone would connect me to an allegation of this kind. Racism has no place in our society. And I am personally disgusted that my name is associated with this complaint. Now, damn it, if you're innocent, that's the kind of quote you want to read. I give Terry Bagula credit for that. If you are innocent, 
of such an allegation. That is the kind of damn quote you want to read. But getting back to the nitty gritty, let me get to Jim Trotter. I have, I am not about to sit here and question the veracity or the legitimacy of Jim Trotter's complaints. I can tell you as a black man in this industry, that brother has earned the benefit of the doubt. I can tell you that based on his allegations. I can also tell you that if you're the National Football League, you got a problem. Colin Kaepernick, John Gruden, and what was revealed with his whole situation that led to him being exiled from the NFL because of racist emails that were ultimately revealed during an investigation in the former Washington owner, Daniel Snyder. You got Kaepernick, you got that, you got Brian Flores, the former head coach for the Miami Dolphins, who filed a lawsuit against the National Football League, being joined by three other coaches. These are issues. If you're the National Football League, but here's some others. It's the year 2023. You only have three black head coaches. Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh, Todd Bowles, Buccaneers, D'Amico Ryans, Houston Texans. You got six minority coaches, Ron Rivera, Mike McDaniel, biracial, Robert Salah, Lebanese American, uh, Ron Rivera, Hispanic. We get that. Some would say black coaches, they'd say four instead of three because Mike McDaniel is biracial. The NFL, five black men who are team presidents. Commanders, Jason Wright, Bears, Kevin Warren, Ravens, Sasha Brown, Broncos, Damani Leach, Raiders, Sandra Douglas Morgan. Can't wait to meet her. I've heard such wonderful things about her, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, when Roger Goodell came into the league in 2006, who were the black executives? There were none. Who were the black presidents? There were none. General managers? Who? I think it was like two, Ozzie Newsom and somebody else, when he first came into the league. Coaches are the big problem for Roger Goodell's legacy because he came in in 2006 where they were about seven. Now it's down at three, and it's been about three a year for the last five years. They're not going in the right direction. Something has to be done. Go watch my interview with Roger Goodell in its entirety on First Take on ESPN, courtesy of ESPN YouTube these days as well. You can go check it out. But that's after you listen to what I have to say. Back to Jim Trotter. You can be right, and I don't know whether he is or isn't, but I think that the numbers support his argument to some degree that something needs to be addressed. Certainly with what, how they, let, they were ready to let go of Mike, or Michael Irvin with the quickness off of an allegation and nothing more. No sound, an innocent video of him talking to somebody for 45 seconds. You pulled him off Super Bowl coverage. We didn't see his face on television talking about the NFL from February until a, couple, until a week ago. His career was in jeopardy because a non-black female, I don't know whether she was white or what her ethnicity was, but I know she wasn't black. A non-black female accused him via Marriott, according to Marriott, of saying something inappropriate and uncomfortable, et cetera, et cetera. And it almost cost him his career. So the NFL network willing to throw him to the wolves with that level of quickness. Okay, I don't mind the NFL network taking any heat over that. But it still brings me back to Jim Trotter. And this is where I'm going to make some people uncomfortable. Because I just told you. I'm not in a position to disagree with him. His facts are his facts. And if he has them, the NFL has some explaining to do. There are eight GMs who are black, nine are minorities. Three black head coaches in the year 2023. Something got to be said. Something's got to be said. And I agree with all of that. But I'm telling you right now, that still doesn't negate my bigger point. And by the way, 56 of the players, 56 of the percent of the players in the NFL during the 2022 season were black. And just over 40% of the assistant coaches in the NFL are coaches of color. Here's the point that I wanted to make. Jim Trotter, he said that the NFL Network has these problems. He approached Roger Goodell in an attempt to implore him to do something about it when it came to putting blacks in positions of influence and decision-making positions. He implied, if not flat out said, it's your shop. What are you 
in the NFL, owners are going to do about it because Roger Goodell is the commissioner and he answers to the owners, so it's y'all league. What are you going to do about the paucity of African-Americans in decision-making positions and executive positions? You addressed him at a press conference for the entire public to hear. How'd you think that was going to go over? Now, Roger Goodell is on the record saying that Jim Trotter's contract was up. It's a salient argument that they make, meaning the NFL, when they say, as outstanding of a reporter as he may have been, for them, and he still is, for the athletic, that in the same breath, this guy, Jim Trotter, was let go do the cuts because of the financial times that we are living in. Anybody in this business knows the NFL network, like Disney, like others, have been going through some tough times financially, which is why the layoffs have occurred. I work at ESPN. David Pollack is gone. Jalen Rose is gone. A host of other people have departed from ESPN. Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson. There's a litany of big-time names who produced in a big-time way that are gone. And the belief is, is that they were replaced by other highly qualified and highly credible people like a great Hall of Famer that is Doris Burke, like the great coach that is Doc Rivers, who lost his job in Philadelphia, didn't get the head coaching job at Phoenix after being exiled from Philadelphia, and now has landed at ESPN, that you're getting them for half the price that they had Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson because cuts happen. So when the NFL makes that argument as to why Jim Trotter was let go, Okay, that's one compelling argument. I'm saying bump all that. Ladies and gentlemen, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Asian American, Indian, Native American, Jews, Gentiles, Catholics, Christians, non-denomination, atheists, whatever, I don't know too many people who can call out their bosses in a public forum for everyone to see and expect to have their contract re-upped. That's just the real world! That's just the real world! I've had two black bosses in the last 24 hours Say to me, I'm not talking about my bosses. I'm meaning two black bosses, two executives in this industry who said to me directly, I wish somebody working for me would talk, would, would talk that way to me publicly and call me out like that. I'd have fired their ass in a heartbeat. I'm quoting, just not telling you who. It's widely understood. And what pisses me off is when we walk around and we act like, you know what, why are we surprised? Listen, if Jim Trotter sat up there and said, I couldn't take it no more, I couldn't take it no more, I knew what was going to happen if I did this, damn it, enough's enough. My man, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. That's what I'm talking about. Because you went down on principle and it's that simple. But when you're, when when you're talking as if you're surprised, I'm like, in what world? So we'll find out and we'll dig deeper into the NFL and this racial discrimination a lawsuit that has been filed against them. We'll piggyback off of that. We'll remember Colin Kaepernick and what he had to went, go through before the million dollar settlement when he was unfairly blackballed and whatever. We'll go through all of that. That's fine. And I'm good with whatever emotion that you have. Any emotion other than surprise. Don't tell me you were surprised. Don't anybody tell me out there that you're surprised. If you call out your bosses, because essentially that was the implication as he was directing his inquiry towards Roger Goodell, 
at a press conference in Super Bowl week? You work for the damn NFL Network. You couldn't get a one-on-one interview? I'm not saying whether he did or didn't in all seriousness, by the way, because I don't know whether he did or not. I didn't ask. But I'm just saying. There are certain conversations that are made to be handled in private. Everything doesn't have to be handled in a public forum. Unless, of course, you're willing to accept and embrace the consequences that come with it. That is the real world. That's my only issue with the excellence that is Jim Trotter. Did it have to be a Super Bowl week? In a press conference? Couldn't have had that problem conversation in the NFL offices off of Park Avenue? With that man one-on-one to his face? I'm simply asking because I did. Long before Roger Goodell came on first take, I met with him face-to-face. And whatever issues that I had, I broached broached it with him. One-on-one privately. That comes with the business. But that's just me. 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. You are listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Physical abuse in the National Basketball Association. What the hell is going on? I'll explain that, and I'll get to your calls in just a minute. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Be right back. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to Stephen A. Smith Show. Reminder, you can call in now. You can call right now into the show. Actually, the number to dial in is 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. I want to get to an uncomfortable subject because as, as bad as that uh, story was involving Jim Trotter, and Commissioner Roger Goodell in the National Football League and the racial discrimination lawsuit he's handed down against uh, or he's filed against the National Football League. I have to tell you, one could easily argue that on this this particular day, it pales in comparison to the story going on in the National Basketball Association right now. Houston Rockets point guard Kevin Porter Jr. was arrested for allegedly assaulting his girlfriend, WNBA player, Kaiser Gondrzic. According to a criminal report obtained by the Associated Press, Gondrzic told police Porter Jr. punched her in the face repeatedly with a closed fist, which caused the cut above her right eye, as well as bruising and pain to her face. Ladies and gentlemen, he should be in jail. He should not only be in jail, Tillman Fertitta, Ime Udoka, the new coach, the Fertitta family. Um, It should be announced that he's no longer a member of the Houston Rockets, effective immediately. And the the NBA should adopt the NFL's rule as it pertains to literally prohibiting you from participating, wearing an NBA uniform, being inside an NBA arena, playing on an NBA basketball court until investigation the investigation is complete. You can't do, you can't even be accused of doing what the hell this man has been accused of. Put that back up on the screen right now. I want everybody to see what this man has been accused of. Let's go to the list. Fractured vertebrae in her neck. Inches long gash above right eye. Bruising and substantial pain in the face. Redness and bruising to the neck. Difficulty breathing. Loss of motion in her left arm. And according to prosecutors, Porter Jr. did not stop 
until Gondrasic ran out into the hallway covered in blood. This is the year 2023. This ain't Ray Rice. In 2014, 2015, where you had to see a video before you realized the severity of it. If the district attorney is talking about he didn't stop until she was covered in blood and she ran out into the hallway and all of this other stuff. And they have him on that kind of evidence. We got a problem. Now, obligation as an obligation, when you're doing these kind of things, you got to talk about things along these lines. November of 2020, Porter Jr. was also charged with improperly handling a firearm in the vehicle in Cleveland when he was a member of the Cavaliers. The case was dropped a month later, by the way. But this one is what should alarm people to some degree as well. In January of 2022, he had to be separated from Houston Rockets assistant coach John Lucas during a halftime exchange that saw Porter Jr. lose his temper and throw an object. If you know anything about John Lucas, John Lucas is one of the most beloved figures in NBA history because of his off-the-court struggles with substance abuse and how many lives he's turned around, not to mention his own, and the philanthropic work that he's done throughout the years. He is not just loved, he's revered. And when you got to be separated from him and throwing an object and all that stuff, you know your brother out of control. As for Gondrasic, this girl is this wonderful young lady was the fourth overall pick in 2021 by the Indiana Fever. Look at her beautiful self. Look, look at her beautiful self. Now I'm talking to you as a father of two daughters. I'm talking to you as a father of two daughters. See, if my daughters are listening to this, they know what daddy's about to say. It's not a popular thing to say. But law enforcement is going to be necessary for anybody that puts their hands on my daughter. I promise you that. Yes, I will do you harm. Anybody. Anybody. Any man that puts his hands on my daughter. It's going to be a problem. And I'm not going to say it because I don't want it cut out and weaved out who knows what you're supposed to say over the digital stratosphere, the streaming stratosphere, as opposed to FCC airways. I'm not going to say what I would do, but look into my eyes. Any man hits my daughter. It's a wrap. Make no mistake about that shit. With everything I love, on everything I love, on the soul of my mother, any man that hits my daughter, it's going to be a problem. And I speak on behalf of most, if not all fathers I know. See, you got to be a real punk to do what it's alleged Porter Jr. has done here. You got to be a real, real punk because obviously she's in no position. She's not in much of a position anyway to defend herself against the likes of him. And I got to tell you right now, I'm praying that this is a false report. I'm praying that I wake up and this was all a lie, that she didn't get covered in blood or, you know, uh, uh, you know, he, he didn't hit her or whatever the case may be. Let me tell you. When it's justified and how it's justified. To put your hands on a woman. If. She is hitting you. Run. And if you can't run, grab and hold her until she calms down. And then run out the second you get a chance. That's about as far as you could go. About as far as you could go. You don't hit a woman. Four older sisters. My mama taught me that. My daddy. And if you read my book, you know I didn't have the greatest relationship with my father and he wasn't the greatest role model in the world. But the one thing he never did is put his hands on my mother. He knows we would have killed him. It is something you simply do not do. And for Porter Jr. to do this, he has besmirched the name of the Houston Rockets. He has besmirched the NBA brand. He has sullied his own damn name. He will forever 
be synonymous if this is true he will forever be synonymous with physically abusing women it's not an accident that the cops took him out in that perp walk in cuffs in the car NYC it's not an accident and when the district attorney is saying she was covered in blood I don't know how you can get out of that. I don't know how you can wiggle your way out of that. I truly, truly, truly do not know how you can do that. 888-727-5303. That's 888-727-5303. 888-SAS-5303. Your phone call's up next. Email Udoka, Tillman Fertitta. He got to go. Adam Silver, Commissioner NBA, he, he, he can't be allowed to play with the Houston Rockets. Short for you with Rockets training camp next month. Get your own commissioner's exempt list like the National Football League. You ain't, got to, you, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. You can't be on an NBA roster with these charges leveled against you, with those details being provided to the public. It cannot happen. He was supposedly upset because she locked the hotel room door. She was afraid he came. She was upset he came home late and locked him out of their hotel room or whatever the case may be. Yo, bro, break up with her. Leave. Let her take a commercial flight home or something. You do not hit a woman. You just don't do it. Your calls are more in a minute. Back with more to Stephen A. Smith show. On YouTube. Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Reminder, you can call into the show right now, live. If you have something to say about what I'm talking about on the show, dial 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. 888-SAS-5303. Let's go to the calls. Let's go to Yolano in Philadelphia. You're live with Stephen A. What's going on? Stephen A., thanks for having me Uh, on, Could you do me a favor? Could you pronounce your name correctly, please? I don't know if I pronounced your name correctly. Go ahead. It is... Iliano. 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 Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I wanted to ask you a political question, but I understand we're just sticking to sports here. So I'll call no, ask me. No, 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 no. You can ask me anything you want when you call it. Go ahead. Okay, sweet. So uh, I wanted to see what are your thoughts on uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy? Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, Republican presidential candidate. Um, I would tell you that um, he's young. He seems to be really smart. He very he's very articulate. He's fast on his feet, um, and I think that he's fighting to be Trump's vice presidential nominee. I think he knows he doesn't have a snowball chance in hell of winning the Republican nomination. But I think that he knows if he ingratiates himself with Trump, that Trump might choose him as his vice presidential nominee. He is smart. He seems to be a bit creative with his ideas. I don't like most of them. I don't like the fact that he was calling for a draft. You know, you know, you know, you should put in four or five years of service before, you know, you're allowed to enter the workforce or whatever, and you need to do service to your country and all of this other. Listen, this is, this is America. Okay. There's no draft that's been imposed. I don't think that we should have to force people to enter our armed services and what have you. I don't like that idea. I don't like some of his other ideas as it pertains to border security. I certainly don't agree with him when he talks about Racism is non-existent, et cetera, et cetera. I think it does exist, but I also think that there are some people that use it uh, to their advantage unnecessarily and non-beneficial to the African-American community. So all of those things are are, are pertinent. Uh, Then you have other candidates that say, swear up and down, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about and he's just making stuff up. So I don't know the answer to those questions. I need to read up on most of his policies, but I will tell you, uh, he was the story after the first debate. For good or bad, he grabbed all the attention. And that is usually a plus. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Let's go to Kendall. You're live in Dallas, Texas. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Kendall? How are you? I'm doing great. How are we doing? I'm doing all right. Talk to me, bro. Okay. I got to tell you one thing. I might be from Dallas, but I got roots in Miami. So I bleed that orange and teal. So okay. I got this one question for you about sure. my boy right. Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. What will it take for him to be mentioned as one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL this year? Are you ready for this, Kendall? Are you ready? Are you ready for this, Kendall? Have to win a playoff game. K- you know, Kendall. Are you ready for this answer? Yes. All he has to do is stay healthy, because that brother's special. 
with him, that, with Tyreek Hill, with him, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, if Tua stays healthy, he's throwing for 5,000 yards. You can book it. He's throwing for 5,000 yards. They're making the playoffs, and he's making the Pro Bowl. You can book it. With Tyreek Hill, that brother, ain't nothing to talk about. Ain't nothing to talk about. That brother right there, all he got to do is stay healthy. And you know I'm rooting for him. You know why, right? Why? Because where do I love to come most? South Beach. South Beach. That's why. Appreciate the call, my brother. Thank you so much. Rocco in New Jersey. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Rocco? Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Um, just, just a quick question. Um, how do you feel about the landscape of sports right now? Do you think, like, as a whole, sports are getting better or worse? Wow. I think it's getting worse. Um, it depends on the sport, though. Like, I think the NBA is getting worse because I think these dudes are getting paid so much and they're their own corporations in and of themselves that the level of dedication that you're looking for across the board from the superstars who carry the brand on their shoulders, there's an absence of dedication. I'm not talking when they're actually on the court. I'm talking about, Rocco, you know how you see certain guys. Like, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. LeBron James stays ready. Anthony yeah. Davis gets ready. You see the difference? Right. It's stuff like that. And that's not to throw yeah. shade on Anthony Davis because I think that Anthony Davis is a superstar when healthy and on the court, playing consistently. His A game is superstar caliber. The problem is he doesn't bring it consistently enough. And part of the reason he doesn't bring it consistently enough is because I believe he spends far too much time during the season getting ready instead of coming ready. That's my right. issue with him. And so in football, however, all of those guys come ready because their very health is on the line and they know they got to take care of themselves. So I don't think that it's problematic with football, not to mention the fact that, you know, you don't have a lot of guaranteed contracts. You got your signing bonuses or whatever, and, 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 and your contract is not fully guaranteed and you have a hard salary cap and they could come to you. They could ask you to restructure your deal, take less money, all of this other stuff. And so you got to think about stuff like that. That kind of stuff pops into your head. And I think the NFL is up to snuff. But I think boxing, the promoters get in the way. Okay. UFC, I love what Dana does. He gives us the fights that we want to see. But when John Bones Jones walks into the octagon after a damn near three-year layoff and he, you know, he he submits Cyril Gone inside of two rounds, right? And and that's what it is. And even though it's great, it's also boring in the eyes of a lot of people. It compromises right. yourself. So there are a litany of reasons as to why sports is better in some respects and worse in others. But that would be the closest thing that I could give you to a decent answer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. All right, man. Appreciate your call, man. Take care. Thank you so much. Let's go to Gonzo in New Jersey. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Gonzo? Stephen A., I got to talk to you about Westbrook. Westbrook. When people talk about Westbrook, which they talk about it. Russell athleticism. Westbrook. Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Los Go ahead. Angeles Clippers point guard. Yep. When people ask you who's the best point guard of the 2010s, Stephen Curry, obviously. But then people talk about the athleticism, the dynamicism of Mr. Russell Westbrook. Stephen A., when are we going to move him down the all-time rankings? His only success as a first option is first-round exits. I mean, I mean, John Wall had more success as a first option. When he went to the second round and won seven games. Gonzo, here's I my... Mean, this guy's hold, losing on, hold on, Gonzo. Here's my challenge to you. How high up do you think people have him? Because I don't think people... I think people recognize his greatness as an athlete at that position. Agreed, but I don't. But I don't believe that people have him as high as you think people have him. Because, listen, you think about Steph Curry before him as a point guard. You think about Steph Curry before him. You think about Damian Lillard before him. You think about CP3. You think about CP3 before him. You think about Luka Doncic before him. You think about a whole bunch of dudes before you think about Russell Westbrook because his athleticism. I'm talking all great. time here. Say what? I'm talking all time ranking. Well, where the hell are you I have? A lot of. I got him a lot further down than a lot of people do. I mean, Kyrie Irving has as much playoff success as the first I'm, option, and we're talking about two years in Boston well, when he didn't even play it. Well, let me tell you this. Kyrie Irving is still a champion. LeBron James don't win the championship without Kyrie Irving. So as far as I'm concerned, I never had Russell Westbrook against Kyrie, ahead of Kyrie Irving uh, because Kyrie Irving is a champion. 
So I just Damn, think Stephen A. That's right. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much, man. Let's go to Ryan in Colorado. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Ryan? How are you? Good, man. How are you? All right. What's going on, man? What's up, man? I am a diehard Bengals fan, and I'd like to address the the chirping of this past game. Okay. You know, with Jamar Chase and the elves. It's like, well, and then you. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Miles Garrett was like, oh, he shouldn't have said that. Oh, I'm going to have to talk to him. Well, we're going to have to embarrass him. Like it's bulletin board material. So, you're so what's, what's on the on the fifty yard line of your field is a giant elf, and then you're going to get offended because we call you elves. You're not serious. You're talking the about you're, you're, to, you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Like they, they want us to take them serious. Okay. They have they 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 most people wouldn't know that the team is named after Paul Brown. Okay. Most people don't know that football history. But Ryan, let me interject. Let me interject because you're talking about stuff people don't give a shit about. So let me get to the nitty gritty. What you're really caring about is that, you know, you you know, Cleveland's talking about they had bulletin board material. What you're not bringing up is the fact that they just kicked your butt this week in 24 to three. You only Mm -hmm. scored three points against them and they beat you at least five of the last six times they faced you. You're not bringing that up. So you can't really complain in defense of Cincinnati versus Cleveland when Cleveland has clearly had your number since Joe Burrow arrived in town. This is correct. So there's no way you can do it. I appreciate the call, though. Thank you so much. Yeah. Is that Randy in Ohio? You're live yeah. with Stephen A? Is that you, Randy? Hey, Stephen A. How you doing? Go ahead, man. How are you? Good. Hey, I wanted to tell you, you're in like the spotlight a lot, right? So I, I didn't really want to talk about sports, but I wanted to talk about how do you deal with all the negativity you get on the shows? I've been watching First Takes and mm-hmm. Geez, you guys came on. Right. So I know you get a lot of hate and a lot of, like, I'm just wondering how you deal with that. First of all, there's a couple of things. Number one, people are full of shit, okay? Most people don't hate me. I get a whole, whole, whole lot of love. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Most people, I would tell you 95% of the people that confront me is with nothing but love. So that's number one. Let's throw that out the way. Number two, Trust in the decency of folks sometimes. I got to admit to you, um, Randy, my mother died in 2017. Yeah. yeah. God God rest her soul. I appreciate that, man. And when she passed away, I was never more vulnerable in my life. I was sad all the time. I was really depressed. I was going through a lot, particularly in the immediate aftermath of losing my mom. Of course. What I remember most is the, 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 the trolls and, you know, the webs, you know, the, the websites like Deadspin, Awful Announcing and Outkicks and all of these other folks. I cannot express to you enough how decent all of them were. All of these folks that like crucified me from time to time and all, not one of them, not one of them did that. Not one of them. And I've never forgotten it as long as I live because it just reminded me that no matter how 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 indecent or how crazy times get the better part of us as humans come out far more often than we realize and i appreciate that but to answer your question directly i will tell you this you don't have to read the negative shit that people say about you all the time most times i ignore it most times most times nine times out of ten i haven't even seen the negative comments I don't know, don't care. Because to me, you have a right to express your opinion. And as long as you're not trying to get personal, I'm cool. And if you're trying to get personal, you're not somebody I'm going to talk to anyway. So I would just ignore it. And, you know, we, we sometimes we contribute to our own demise because we allow stuff to get into our head and seep into our soul because we're giving credence and substance to shit that doesn't matter. Just, Another person's yeah. opinion about you doesn't really matter if they don't know you, bro. No, for sure. Like it, it, with the, another question I have is because you just pointed like, so I lost my job a couple months ago. Okay. I'm struggling, can't find something. Mm-hmm. I'm really depressed, and it, it's it's struggling. And you just said that when your mom passed, you dealt with you know right. you had that depression and stuff. Yep. How did you get past that? Like how did like what did you do? Like well, you have- I, I I thought about first of all, I thought about her belief in me, what her expectations were of me, and how insistent she was that. I display the better part of me, particularly in the face of adversity. Anybody can do the things that they're supposed to do and exceed expectations when everything is rosy and adversity ain't at your front door. 
But when you have that coming at you, then you find what you're made of. First of all, before I even continue to answer this question further, what do you do for a living? Well, right now, I, I just lost my job, unfortunately. I know they, that, but I'm asking I, you what job did you have? Uh, what was, were you doing? I was working in a warehouse. They they lost one of their okay. biggest accounts and mm-hmm. I got let go. Okay. That's okay. Well, listen, let me get let me let me break this down to you. There's a beauty in that too. Number one, you're gonna find out what you're made of and what you're not made of. And whatever you're not made of, you're gonna have the intestinal fortitude as one of God's children to continue to march forward. That's number one. Number two, here's what else you're gonna do. Okay. When you think about the fact that you lost a job, remember, you got laid off because of the times we're living in. That's entirely different than being fired and somebody saying you suck and we don't like you. And oh, by the way, y'all shouldn't want him either. You see what I'm saying? You are a victim of the financial times and constraints that we're living in. So as a result, as times get better and we hope and expect that they will, you'll be in a better position to capitalize off of it. You also got to pay attention to what's going on in the world. If stuff ain't going on in the warehouses because COVID is over and Amazon doesn't deliver everywhere all the damn time the way that they were when COVID was going on and other other jobs like that aren't available, you got to pay attention to the jobs that are available and you got to go where that is. It's about following the money and it's about following the dollars. Okay, you got to always, always remember that you got a lot of people that just want to do what they want to do, you know, or do with that what their passion says they should do. But what you got to pay attention to is what's available, what opportunities lie in wait. And you got to make sure you position yourself to to find one of those. That's how you go about the business of finding success. Because Mark Cuban once said this on social media, and I saw it. And he said it to me personally, because I know him, and I never forgot it. If you discover what you're great at, it's one thing. If you discover what you're successful at, that's another thing too. And there's very few people in this world that find something that they're successful at and they just walk away from it. You got to find that. Remember that. I got to run. But feel free to call back anytime. And thank you I for that call. It. No problem, man. Thank you. Jason right. in Cincinnati. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Jason? Hey, what's up, Skip? I mean, Stephen. <laughs> what's up, Jason? <laughs> you know what? You, you McAfee and Shannon. Go ahead, man. That's a good one. That's a good one. What's up, bro? No, not a much, brother. I was calling. I wanted to ask you throughout your career as a sports analysis and a commentator. Yep. Um, you've covered a wide range of sports yep. and witnessed countless moment, memorable moments. Other than your personal relationship with AI, um, can you share a personal story or insight that has profound impact on your perspective about the role of sports in society or the athletes themselves? Oh, uh, it's two. It's two, actually. Um, one was my relationship with Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant had been accused of sexual assault in the whole Eagle County, Colorado thing in 2003 and 2004 matters were settled in 2005. He really went about the business of trying to not just resurrect his career, but his image. Um, and he gave me the first one-on-one sit down on my show, quite frankly, on ESPN two at that time. When Kobe came on, I said, to Kobe, and I'm just giving y'all a quote, a quote from Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. The late, great Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, looked me in my face and I was telling him how, you know, people would talk about my interviewing skills and what I bring to the table. And, you know, I was joking around with him and talking about, man, they talk about I could be the male Oprah. Kobe Bryant looked me dead in my face and he said, quote, fuck Oprah. Harpo. I'm going to repeat that quote. Listen to the whole quote, Jason. He said, fuck Oprah. Harpo. Because Harpo Harpo is her name spelled backwards, and that's the company she owned. She owns. And Kobe, he wasn't saying it to disrespect her. He revered Oprah Winfrey. And he was talking about, you're disrespecting her by just calling her Oprah because you're thinking about her television show. You're not thinking about the fact that she owns and operates her television show, that she employs folks, that she leases content that is purchased. This is what Oprah Winfrey brings to the table. She's not just some television talent or some fantastic interviewer. She is a matriarch. She is a sensational business mind 
who elevated her brand to such astronomical proportions, it pioneered an industry of imitators or potential imitators that still is going on today. That's what he was saying. And he was saying, I expect you to think better than just yourself as Stephen A. Smith, a television personality. You bigger than that. You better than that. And that's what the hell I expect from you. And that impacted me. And then years later, Bob Iger, the CEO of Walt Disney, because when I told him that story, he said, he's absolutely right. That's exactly how you should think, because that is the potential that you have. Those have been the the two biggest influences on my career, particularly over the last couple of decades. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, brother. No doubt, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Going to take a couple of calls before I get on out of here. Joshua in Virginia, you're live with Stephen A. What's up, Joshua? How are you? How you doing, Stephen A? I'm good. Talk to me. What's up? Uh, so I'm a big Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. I, I know how ridiculous our fan base is yep. compared to like Cowboys. We're mm-hmm. a bit over the top with how we act. But I'm also uh, like I love watching people in our state. So I love the Steelers. Okay. Are you at all worried about how bad your team looked against the Niners yes. offensively? Yes, I hell yes. Hell yes. They got their ass kicked. Hell yes, I'm worried about the Steelers. They got their ass kicked. I mean, with no, all no, that no, 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 no. Now the 49ers. Hype. Now the 49ers. The 49ers are legit. Okay. Yeah, this is a yeah, team. Yeah. This is a team that could have won it all last year. I mean, what team did you ever see lose four quarterbacks in one season? Who? Uh, I can't. And, tell you. What team did you ever see you. in an NFC Championship game that literally had to line up dudes behind center that played running back and literally had no one to throw the football because all their quarterbacks got hurt? Think about that. I mean, the, the worst I've seen was when we lost Wentz and had to put in folds, right. but that, that, we were all that, pretty confident because right. we saw. You had a quarter. Yeah. Listen, at least you had somebody that officially played the quarterback position that's yeah, supposed to be able to throw. They literally lined up Christian McCaffrey behind center, knowing you couldn't throw the football because they had nobody to throw the damn football. It was that bad. And so what I'm saying is, is that San Francisco is no joke. Debo, Ayuk, uh, 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 George Kittle. Brock Purdy is that dude. Their defense is sensational. No doubt. Even losing D'Amico Ryans. Who knows? I think we've got every reason to believe their defense is going to be that formidable. But my biggest thing is that I expected more from the Steelers. I expect a competitive matchup. You got Najee Harris. You got Pickens and Johnson. You got Fryermuth. You got a decent offensive line that you've upgraded. If Kenny Pickett could do anything, you expected them to look better and play better. And the the 49ers was up 20 to nothing before they had an opportunity to pass gas. I mean, damn. It's ridiculous. So I I mean, with all that preseason hype, too, I just... (laughs) It's ridiculous. I got you. And now you lost Johnson yep. and Pat Fryermuth, which don't, is really unfortunate. Don't, don't get me started so. with that, man. I appreciate the call, man. Thank this season. I, mean, I can't see it happening. I just got to see last place. I appreciate the call, man. <laughs> Sil, yeah, of course. in Denver, you're live with Stephen A. Talk to me, Sil. How are you? Stephen A., he's a man, so I say that. Got lucky to talk to you twice in one week, so it's just been a lucky week for me. But my question for you, sir, is has there ever been a more devastating injury to a team than what Aaron Rodgers and the Jets have experienced? Mm, I would say no. I would say, hold on, let me take that back. It might have been. What about when Testa Verde got hurt in 99? They had just come from the AFC Championship game. You had Keyshawn Johnson as your star wideout. Testa Verde was there. The belief was that they had a shot to win it all, and he got hurt in game one. What about that? It's close. Uh, it's close. Me, it's the close. Hype is higher. Okay. Okay. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. Not only is the hype higher, the defense is so lethal. It's so legit. With Aaron Rodgers, with Garrett Wilson, watching Brees Hall run the way that he did with just 10 carries, watching Dalvin Cook and what he can do, knowing that Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb are on that squad. I mean, their offensive mm-hmm. line is highly suspect, but the bottom line is that Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. What they had justifiable Super Bowl expectations. And so it, it, you can make a legitimate argument. It's the most devastating injury in franchise history. And, and I would tell you the most devastating injury in history, and it's just for effect purposes, bro. So I would tell you it's Joe Theismann when Lawrence Taylor sacked him. And then, yeah, and, then, and then you saw the great Lawrence Taylor 
literally jumping up and down, imploring the medics to run over to help Joe Theismann. That was the opponent, and he was screaming for the medics to come over and help Joe Theismann because Joe Theismann's leg was shattered and his career was over. I would say that one. That's just me. I, I right. can't argue that one. That's All a good right. call, Stephen. Appreciate it, man. Thank you Thanks so much. Brother. No problem. Take care. Got to get on out of here. I really want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I don't know whether or not I'll have a show this Friday because I have to travel to Colorado, back to Colorado. A first take for ESPN will be live at the University of Colorado on campus in Boulder, Colorado, this Friday um, at 8 a.m. Eastern time. I'm sorry, 8 a.m. local time, 10 a.m. Eastern time in Boulder, Colorado uh, to preview their Colorado versus Colorado State game this coming Saturday, okay? So I have to travel if I have time and I get a place, a location, I'll gladly sit down and do a podcast for you. If not, I'll be back on Monday. Uh, but anyway, you slice it. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in. Keep tuning in. The more you tune in, the more subscribers grow, the more shows I'm willing to do. You got to motivate me just like I motivate you. So thanks for watching another episode of the Stephen A. Smith Show. You can watch me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airways of YouTube. Make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. And be sure, by the way, to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestseller, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. I'm on, I'm on my way out of here, y'all. Until next time, this is Stephen A. signing off. Peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcast.